If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. What up, though? It's Payroll Giovanni. I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. I already know. I love. What I look like trying to be something I can see through you when nobody else can't. What I look like. All right, so we got payroll Giovanni off the porch with us today. Yeah, yeah. How you feeling today, bro? I'm smooth, man. You know, can't complain. Just got to the A. Okay. Straight to work. Yeah. You come uh, come down here to Atlanta pretty often? Yeah, I actually uh, used to live down here for like about two, three years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So what is it about the vibes here in Atlanta that you like so much? For me, it's, it's the peace. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's hella peaceful out here. So um, it's like Black Hollywood, you know, just, just see everybody getting money, yeah. riding good. You know, it's motivation everywhere. For sure, yeah. You still living in Detroit now? Uh, well, the suburbs of Detroit. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm actually looking for another spot while I'm out here. So Okay, no, that's what's up, though. So what what's life been like in Detroit during the pandemic, man? Um, man, it's been on ten to be real with you. You know, like it's like nineteen eighty eight or something like that. <laughs> Everything just fast. You know, everybody getting money, everybody having a ball. You know, um, I love it though. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, it, you can't buy nothing. You know, everything sold out. You know, you really? <laughs> yeah, you can't. You gonna have to wait in the jewelry stuff about an hour to talk to your jeweler. Uh, can't get your favorite clothes. You know, they they buying up everything. Yeah. And you're originally from the West Side, right? Yeah, yeah, Finkel Ave. You know? Okay. So for people who've never been to Detroit, how's the West Side compared to the East Side? 
Man, it's like a stereotype, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, the West Side, they say, like, more flashy. And the East Side is more grimy. But it's a stereotype. There's grimy dudes on the West Side and there's flashy dudes on the East Side. Yeah. Has Detroit changed much over the years since when you were first coming up to till today? Uh, man, not for real. You know, just the players have changed. But no, it's, it's really the same, for real. At what age would you say you jumped off the porch? Um, now you mean like it's getting money or? Just in life in general. Active. Yeah, just getting out the house. Oh man, I've been out the house, you know. Just, <laughs> just, you know, I grew up with, you know, a lot of legendary dudes in my neighborhood. So we was always just, you know, into stuff. But I wouldn't say just probably getting money, you know, probably 15, 16, something like that. Okay. Um, what would you say is one of the big life lessons you made while growing up in Detroit? One of the biggest life lessons, like yeah. I, I learned or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, probably staying patient, staying patient, staying positive. You know, everything take take patience. You can't pay attention to everybody else's story and what they got going on. So, yeah. you know, some things take time. And what's been one of the biggest obstacles you had to overcome to make it out of Detroit? Hmm. Probably changing my mindset, probably myself for real. You know, just being stuck in, in my ways and uh, just embracing that I'm a rapper. <laughs> you know, like it took me a long time to embrace that. Really? Know? I'm finally really starting to embrace that. <laughs> you know, I was battling with myself, like, no, 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 but I'm too far to, <laughs> to go back. <laughs> I was gonna say, you've been rapping for a minute, man. Yeah, you should have been embracing it. You know, but I like, like I said in a past interview, like I'm big on, like when the ball get passed to me, I gotta do what I'm supposed to do with it. You know, if you pass me the ball, I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do with it. So I never wanna drop the ball, you know? So a lot of like the rap thing, then the ball was passed to me and I had to do something with it. You know, I didn't wanna just fumble it and be like, oh, well, we, we set that up for pay. Why he ain't, you know, do that? You know, at least I did it. But as far as embracing it, you know, like I really just started doing that. Yeah. So what inspired you to start making music at first? Man, I don't know. Uh, I always been, you know, kind of just, just really a big fan of, uh, of rap. You know, like I always love love rap music. Like my household and my neighborhood was big on on music. Like all the new music that came out, my, everybody in my neighborhood listened to it. You hear the cars banging it. Um, I always knew how to rap. You know, since like elementary. But uh, probably when I saw like the Street Lords, okay, and they was talking about you know, Detroit shit that we could really relate to. And it was like, man, you know, like that, was, that shit was motivational because we really seen them dudes, you know, just in the neighborhood. And, you know, they on songs with Birdman and, uh, you know, Rockefeller, like, you know, that, that really motivated us to, you know, try to try to do something with it. Yeah. When did you first start taking it serious and figure out, you know, you can have a career doing this? Man, probably, uh, <laughs> Probably, I don't know. I probably took it serious. Probably about 2010, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like our, our first tape, you know, that was like a like a hobby thing. But I saw it like, damn, like we really got a fan base. Like, you know, people actually paying attention. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, we got to keep it going. That's that back to the, you know, passing the ball thing. People be like, when you dropping another one? I'm like, all right, well, we got to drop another one. 
<laughs> so we just we just kept it going and it built up and built up. So how did uh, Doughboy's cash out for him? I know it was two different crews, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, cash out, you know, cash out rich niggas, 2676. That was uh, me, Chaz, and HBK, basically. And um, we went to to uh, Oak Park High School. And uh, But originally, I went to Southfield High School with, uh, with Big Keith and Dre. And... Um, we was called something else at first. I think we was called like Young Money or really? Diplomats or something like, that's when Rockefeller, you know, was, was popping crazy. So we just used to call ourselves just, just something like that. Cause we was like the, like the fly freshmen or whatever. And um, basically like I left Southfield and I went to Oak Park, you know, Chaz and HBK, that's been my man since like first grade. And I kind of just introduced the two, like, you know, they on the same shit we on, you know, they, they fly, they mess with all the girls and, you know, everybody hating on them. They got to fight all the time. We was on the same exact thing. So we just kind of just clicked up and started mobbing together. We had mutual enemies. So, you know, it made it easy. And as uh, far as the rap, that came like way later. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. way later. Yeah. So at what point did Jeezy reach out? Jeezy reached out like probably like our, probably like our third or fourth mixtape. Uh, I think it was Free Rock. That's when he reached out. Um, I forgot the year, but uh, yeah, he reached out. Like that was when we was on fire, fire. Like you know, a lot of people was reaching out, but you know, we we heard Jesus. We like, oh, we gotta go see what that's about. We gotta go see what he talking about. You know. So out of all the people that are reaching out, why did you decide to sign with Jeezy back then? Ah, uh, Jeezy, man, in uh, Detroit, you know, Jeezy, his, his name. You know, that, that, that first motive, uh, third motivation was like the Bible in Detroit. You know, everybody was quoting that. We had to live by that, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's like one of, one of the legends, one of the heroes reaching out. You know, we, we got to pull up and see what this is about. Yeah. You know, and, and dude was hella cool. So, we like, let's do it. Fuck it. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. How would you describe the group's time with uh, CTE? The time? Yeah. Uh, CTE was, you know, they're they cool as hell. You know, they're my dogs to this day, but. I think things for us got chaotic, hmm. you know, like Detroit got to just, you know, hating a little bit and, you know, we had a lot of obstacles come our way and we had to deal with it all. You know what I'm saying? We tried to deal with it all as private as possible, you know, but um, yeah, it was a whole lot of obstacles came. So it was kind of chaotic. Like a lot of us ain't really even enjoyed it. That, that the Coca-Cola Company, Cure Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo are bringing consumers more choices with less sugar than ever before. From sparkling, flavored, and bottled waters to zero-sugar sports drinks, teas, and sodas, consumers are taking advantage of these choices. In fact, nearly 60% of beverages sold contain zero sugar. To learn more, visit balanceus.org. Period. That time period, for real. Hmm. How would you describe Jeezy as the CEO? Ah oh, man, you know, he, he gonna, he gonna sacrifice, you know what I'm saying? He gonna try to put something together and, um, you know, he gonna pull all his tricks out of his bag for you, but it's on you to, to carry it. You know, it's on you to run with it. You know, like at the time, like me, honestly, I was, I was like, 
wasn't embracing the rap shit like I, I was supposed to be for real. You know, I like, you know, I don't like this famous shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, because <laughs> it was getting out of hand, you know? So, you know, I, like I look back at it, it was just a lesson, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I soaked a lot of game from him, you know? Like, I, I saw his work ethic and that's something I applied to my to my career. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, yeah, it was a learning experience. Yeah. And you and him are still pretty cool today, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just at his uh, birthday dinner uh, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. All right, so what was the music scene like back in Detroit when you first started? Um, it was kind of wide open, like when we when we jumped out there. You know, like Blade had just passed. Blade Icewood, he had passed. He probably came out about three years after that. Because it seemed like after Blade passed, it was just kind of, you know, it was a few that came out, you know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong, like Lodge Boys, uh, Made West, KDZ. But we kind of came like with the young, you know, like a whole new wave, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was really like, you know, like hell of a, that's my man, you know, but he told me like when he first heard it, he was like, man, these niggas sound like some little kids. Like, <laughs> this shit is, you know, he's like, this shit is garbage. <laughs> but he listened to it more. He was like, no, nah, this nigga's really the truth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just, it just, people caught on, you know, like the older cats, you know, it took them time to respect it, but, you know, they caught on. Yeah. What do you think about the Detroit music scene right now? Oh, uh, it's popping now. It's on you fire. Know? Yeah, we are on Hollywood now. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody getting a bag. Everybody got their fan base. Everybody getting money, signing majors, you know, some independent, you know, music popping in different cities, different states. It's beautiful. Yeah, why do you think people all over the world are tuning into the music that's coming out of Detroit right now? I don't know, man. You know, it's just time. You know, like Detroit just always been like a a city that just I don't know, it kind of just we in our own world out there, you know, and a lot of people from different cities, they come to the city and and they experience it and they like, you know, they be blown away by some shit they see and and, and you know, they try to run with it sometimes, but you know, it's a matter of time for Detroit, you know, get that spotlight it's supposed to get. So I think we finally got that spotlight. Yeah. All right. Talk to us about Friday Night Cypher, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. My man's Big Shine, man. Shout out to Big Shine, man. You know, he, I mean, he called me like, you know, I'll get you on this song or whatever. Flew me out to L.A., hmm. played some beats, hopped on it. You know, as simple as that. Big Shine been showing us love since day one, you yeah. know, since, uh, since we first came out, you know, bringing us out on stage, all of that. So, you know, Big Shine always been 100 in my book, always will be. Did you know who was going to be featured on the record at the time that you recorded? He mentioned it like, you know, but it was a long list of people, you know, <laughs> like he mentioned like, I got this person, that person, that person. I was like, oh, cool, you know, just play me the beat I'm supposed to get on, you know. What'd you think of the final version of it? Man, I ain't gonna lie, man, my part was like cut. And it cut it controversial. Like a, yeah, it cut like a important middle part of my <laughs> verse. So I listen to it and be like, ah, like you know, like I don't really care for my verse like that. But you know, people they fuck with it. You know, so that's all that matters. <laughs> feel like that was the best part of your verse, maybe. Yeah, he cut out a like because I be right. My verse is like it was beginning to an end. He cut out like a middle, and it was like beginning and end. It wasn't the middle, and I just I be cringing listening to it. How many bars did he cut out? 
uh, probably like good four. Good four. Yeah, it was, it was a good chunk four. of it. <laughs> yeah, but as long as I'm on there, I ain't tripping. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He could have cut the whole whole damn verse off, so I ain't tripping. How big uh, do you think that song was for Detroit to have all those artists come together? Oh, that was major. That was hella big. You know, that was shit. I'm on a song with Eminem. That's <laughs> I need to get a plaque for that. You know, I need to hang that up on my wall somewhere. You know, my name. You know, with Eminem somewhere. That's major accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. When you first started, did you ever think you have a song with all those Detroit legends on there? Uh, I mean, I did songs with a lot of them on there, but I ain't never been on there with Eminem. Yeah, you know that's that's big, you know. All right, so talk to us about the new project, Spirit of a Boss. Yeah, yeah, Spirit of a Boss, man. You know, grown man music. You know, just elevating. You know, what I'm saying, trying new things. Yeah. Uh, so you just dropped the video yesterday. What I look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I look like. Yeah, yeah. I did the beat for that one too. Yeah. Yeah. What can you tell us about that song? Basically, just some. You know, you got me fucked up type shit. Like, you know, what I look like doing this corny shit. You know what I'm saying? Or what I look like doing this. And, you know, this song really old. You know, it's just not putting it out. You know, a lot of my music really be a couple years old. You know, oh, really? Just put it out at the right time. So how long you been making beats, man? Man, I've been making beats for like, shit. All that first Doughboy shit was, I made all the beats for. Yeah. So, uh, man, I've probably been making beats since about, Probably like 2005, you know, sure. like just with my friends, not trying to sell them or nothing. I used to always try to keep it a secret, you know. Really? Yeah. Like my cousin, he used to make beats. And um, like after school, I used to go in there and watch him make beats. And I have him make me a beat. I tell him exactly what I wanted in it. He he, he didn't do it right, you know. And eventually, uh, I think my grandma bought me some equipment. And uh, I I ended up knowing how to do it from just watching him. And put my own twist on it and played it for some of my friends. They're like, man, this shit's sweet as hell. And we start doing songs off of it, just playing around. And the girl stole some CDs out the car, you know, they like a like a two song CD we were just playing around with. That shit spread it around school and spread it around the hood. And, you know, I'm making beats and we rapping. <laughs> Plans to shoot some more videos off the project? Yeah, I already got about two, two okay. shots already. And I'm uh I'm actually shooting another one while I'm out here, and I'm gonna shoot one as soon as I get back to Detroit. Okay, which ones you already got shot? Uh, Strathmore and uh Can't Be Taught. Okay. No. All right, talk to us about your relationship with Peasy. That's my guy, man. I just talked to him last night. Matter of fact, yeah, hey, last night. It's my dude, man. Good, good, genuine dude, man. You know, solid dude. Show. Sure. How's he holding up in there? Oh, he's smooth, you know. He sound like he he sound he at home. I talk to him. He trying to figure out what watches is popping and what how much this role he costs, and you know he trying to he trying to get right back to shining immediately. Yeah, you know. Um, how long ago did you guys record that project? Man, we did that shit quick as hell. Uh, cause he was about to go go do his time. So okay, you know he was. Uh, that's why I ain't no videos for it, cause you know we was rushing everything. But it probably took us about. I don't know, about three weeks or something, three, four weeks. Yeah. We just locked in with hell of a, knocked it out, you know, all organic. You know, we ain't had nothing pre-written or nothing. Go in there, just hell of a play of beat. We just go off the top. Mm -hmm. How'd you link up with Cardo at first? Man, Cardo called like 
like one of my damn trap phones <laughs> like a long time ago. Like he reached out to me and I, I ain't know if it was really him or not. Cause I, I was reading one of my emails and it's an email address I, I barely even read the emails on, but I saw like it's Cardo. And I remember he had just did a beat for uh, Jeezy at the time. He had just did Seen It All. Mm -hmm. And uh, I gave him like gave him like my little side number, like, you know, all right, well hit me. I ain't think nothing of it. He really hit me and it was him. And uh he sent me like a batch of beats and um I ain't really I ain't really feel them. But then when we, we kinda locked in on like the West Coast mm -hmm. Detroit type of sound, that's when we kinda just meshed, you know, like actually it was down here, um me, him, Jeezy. And, and YG was working on the project. We was about to put out a whole project together. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, Cardo did like a lot of the beats and he was like in the little B studio working on a beat. He was about to uh, delete. And I came in like, nah, like, nah, what, what the fuck is this? And, you know, he stretched it out and uh, ended up being sucker free on Big Boston. Hmm. Yeah. So what's the chemistry like when you guys are creating? Uh, organic, you know, Cardo, he gonna whip up some shit quick as hell. and. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm gonna know what to say on it. You know, he come with that player shit, like that smooth, that smooth get money type of vibe. You know, Cardo real dreamy. Like he, he'll, he'll make a beat and be like, yeah, you know, we supposed to have on uh, purple velvet robes on the beach, you know, like <laughs> it's some lavish, you know, chandeliers type shit. So I already know where you're going with it. You know, and I just talk my talk on there. Yeah. All right. So what has being a father taught you about life? Oh man, just just think uh think responsible and you know being more disciplined and just thinking before I do a lot of shit. You know, like my son, when I first had my son, like that changed my life. That changed my whole perception on life. Like I slowed down a lot with other shit I was doing, and that's that's really what made me take the music more serious for real. You know, like when I had my son. I'm like, damn, I got somebody that's dependent on me, so I got to think for him now. But, uh, man, being a father to shit, man. You know, that shit ever happened to me, for real. Real shit. Uh, All right, what's next for you, Payroll? What else are you working on right now? Man, I just wrapped up uh, a movie. Well, I'm starring in a movie, Cheddar Boys movie, you know, based on the Street Lords. Um, I just wrapped that up. Uh, about to start working on my movie. Um, me and Cardo got a project that's about 90% done. Um, me and Peasy making another one when he come home. We working on Doughboy's Cash Out album. I'm just working, you know. I might write a book, you know. I got the merch. I'm trying to get in all type of different shit. Yeah, I dig that. All right. Any shout outs before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, you know, shout out to the whole Doughboy's Cash Out, you know, by love. Whole Think Waff. Uh, my daughter, Christian, my son, Juju the Boss, uh, RPRJ, Long Live Rock. What the fuck I look like? Chasing hoes more than money. Make money, hoes chase you, you motherfucking dummy. What I look like? Running off on my connect. These broke ass niggas play the. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.